Welcome to the Don of All Trades podcast. I'm your host, Donovan, and today I have with me some special guests. Just D. Shelly. Jay. All right, and, and with that being said, this is the only podcast that matters. This is episode number one of the prepping series. Yes, I said prepping. Yeah, some of us do prep. So be sure to like and load. Share this with a friend, and uh, let's get into it. All right, so once again, welcome you guys. And um, so let's talk about this thing called prepping. Uh, I basically wanted to put out there that I noticed uh, you know, a lot of people of color don't necessarily prep for harder times based on the things that have happened in the past uh, natural disasters, uh, loss of job, like there can be anything. And there are so many aspects of prepping. So let's start out basically with one of the easiest, let's say food. So we basically depend on the grocery stores to get food to us. And most grocery stores, as you know already, say for instance, when the hurricane hit Houston, uh, how many days of food? Maybe three days worth of food, and they have to wait on more trucks. Right. And that's an issue because then you run into the store trying to get more food. Why not prep to have more canned goods, more water in your house as insurance? So as somebody starting out, you know, to for say for more lay people uh, listening to the podcast, what would you say would be a good starting point? Like if I'm saying now, let's say somebody on tight budget like where would they start okay well considering a tight budget i would say i mean figure out most canned goods only cost maybe you know 60 80 cents you know depending on what brand you're buying true um and that canned good can actually be the i guess the cross between life or death if you're starving or if you need to trade something in a in a bad situation that canned good could actually take you you know, that's another day of life, you know, based on the calories. Right. Say, for instance, if it was raviolis, even though that's not something that you would normally probably eat, right. that ravioli will sustain you and give you the strength to continue on to, you know, find more food possibly. Right. Should we start with talking about what we need to prep with or which you should we start about what are we prepping for just so we can give our listeners some context? Well, I did basically say, uh, it could be pretty much anything as far as a natural disaster mm-hmm. based on like a hurricane. Hurricane? Whether it be a hurricane, whether it be earthquake. Well, right. And I guess prepping in general, there, there's, a, there's a base layer of prepping in general for everything. But there's right. also some specific things that can happen where it needs more specific preparation. So we're like starting, a, say, with now, at this moment, we're say, talking about disasters. food Just and natural disasters. disasters. Okay. So we're basically talking about the sense. stores not being able to sustain the amount of people that rush in and, you know, that they, they can't basically maintain society and provide us with the nourishment that we need. So you got to stop depending on them and depend on yourself. Well, you know, that's really important, I think, especially in this day and age when there is a lot of emphasis on farm to table right. foods, mm-hmm. right? We want it fresh, mm-hmm. the fresher, the better course the fresher the less sustainable right um so most people probably won't have 
more than a few days worth of canned goods on hand in True. the you know right. event of a natural mm-hmm. disaster so this is really really relevant because yeah whole foods is great in good days but when the storm season comes or um god forbid there be the zombie apocalypse right. then we need <laughs> we need something that's going to last for a couple days right True. more than a couple for sure right. yeah and you figure say with just look at it like this we spend twenty dollars on fast food you know and and you'll blow that at Whataburger, for instance or wherever you're from whether it be you know white castle white castle in and out burger. anybody yeah, yeah you will blow yeah you will <laughs> blow that in one night you can take twenty dollars a week and buy enough canned goods to store to last you at least what i'd say you should have at least three months worth of food in your house at least, just to sustain you. And then basically, say with the canned goods, those canned goods, as long as they're not exposed to sun, for the most part, you can actually rotate those out maybe like every six months. Yeah. You know, take the older part, you know, canned goods, put them to the front, and then rotate them out and put the you know new stuff in the back and just kind of replenish as you go. But as long as you sustain that three months worth of food. You totally answer the question I had, which is going to be like, what was the shelf life? Or like when you said so, so we're so basically with canned goods, you should think to rotate every six months. Yeah, or a year. I mean, they last. I mean, I've eaten. I'll be honest with you. I've eaten fish out of a can of uh, mackerel. Yeah, you could take that mackerel or even some tuna, and that'll be a year later, and you can still sustain with that, and it's not spoiled gotcha. as long as it wasn't sitting outside in the sun. Right. You know, I mean, even sardines. Think about how long sardines last. Right. But just taking that twenty dollars and saying, hey, you know. This is like putting a deposit in the bank, you right. know, and just doing, mm-hmm. you know, do, looking at it that way. Think about the people that have kids. Think about how much your children eat. And, <laughs> don't and, what, I'm saying, but then think about it. You have to run to the store once every twice, you know, maybe twice a week. They gobble up stuff. So how do you tell that child, look, son, things are bad right now. The grocery stores are closed. Uh, here's a can good. You know, this is all we got. They used to eat pop tarts and all this other crap. So in boxes of cereal, how are you gonna have cereal? You you buy cereal and stash it away, but how long does that last? Right. So canned goods and, and and we're gonna get into also like the freeze dried foods which sustain the you know test of time. Basically, you're looking at twenty five years, thirty years. Okay. That those things last, but to start out on a budget. Definitely start out with canned goods. Okay. And according to the USDA, just give you some some context around it, uh, citrus fruits in a can will last about a year and a half, and then anything else, vegetables, meat, fish, last up to five years. Wow. Yeah. Good to know. And that's yeah. that's true insurance. Like most people say, oh, you know, I'll get insurance for this. You'll buy car insurance, but you may never use that. So what's more important than your life? Right. You know, and saying, hey, I got a storage of food and water, knowing how to purify water. And that's a whole nother subject in itself. But even taking, uh, say, like the gallon of Lozarka and you could take that, store it in your closet. And just say you have one closet or one room dedicated to water, canned goods and um, freeze dried foods. It's and, life insurance. Yeah. And that's just your life insurance alone. And you when everybody else going crazy and. Looking for food, running back to the grocery store. Think about all the people you saw waiting in line 
waiting to get food and eggs and meat and whatever. They you can't get you can't to right. the store because yeah, the, the streets are inundated with water. Then you gotta fight. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's almost like a Black Friday sale. People are now fighting over bread. It's worse because right. we're fighting for survival. Exactly. So why go through all that when you can take the time out now, take ten dollars, twenty dollars a week, and put aside for some food that you like that's still available at this current time when things go bad, you're not going to have a choice. Yeah. You know, you might have to go out there and scrape up a grass sandwich or dirt cakes like you ate when you was a kid, but you're not going to have much of a choice when that time comes. So, so question, is there like a formula for say, um, average person, you should, you should stock this much for a day or anything like that. Okay. On average, think about how much you eat. Right now, you want to sustain maybe some people say fifteen hundred calories. I say three thousand. Most of us on a three thousand dollar calorie that ain't gonna say diet, but (laughs) you know rations per person. So you're looking at about seven hundred and fifty pounds worth of food, eight hundred pounds of food per person per year. Think about it like that. That's a lot of food. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But for you to live comfortably, gallon a day of water. Yeah. So what's worse than you not having that? If society collapsed, and and we're not going to say about the zombies because I ain't worried about no zombies eating my food. <laughs> I was only being facetious. Yeah, I'm worried listeners. about it. I'm worried about these clowns that don't have food or the ones that didn't prepare. Right. Even worse, family members that don't believe in the concept of preparation. Think about all of Great Depression and all of it. And, and, and you know, it, it didn't. The depression didn't have no prejudice. It affected blacks, whites, especially blacks, but whites and whoever else. You know, it didn't matter. Everybody suffered except the wealthy. None of us sitting here are just wealthy and swimming in money. So with that being said, why is it not so smart? I mean, smart. It should be smart for you to just prepare for your family if you truly love them and prepare for them well to where they can sustain. Because ain't nothing worse than looking at your child, you know. Starving. Folded up in the corner, starving, and you can't do nothing about it. Or even worse, which it brings on another topic, you have to have a way to protect that food. Because if you think they won't snatch a TV out your hand at a Black Friday sale, what you think they're going to do to you for a loaf of bread and some, some spam? But that's all that's left. Exactly. I do want to mention that since you mentioned the Great Depression, they were much more prepared for that type of time because we they it hasn't the as far as like the electronic revolution hadn't mm-hmm. happened all the right. computers and everything that we do the the just in time um delivery delivery system. for the grocery stores so these people were actually providing for themselves they were already self-sustainable a lot of them lived on the countryside there wasn't so many people in the city so the impact would be less then than if it happened now oh definitely it would be just catastrophic right, because now. most people focus on fast food right. like my nephews that's all they talk about uh, they want some P.F. Chang and they want uh, oh my gosh Panda Express Panda Express and you know <laughs> that's all they talk about they used to everything coming out of a box or in a wrapper they don't know I mean when people cook for them that's cool but they know nothing about having to wait they want it right then and there and instant gratification yeah and that's instant gratification <laughs> which is a whole other topic but people can't grow grass, much less food. Yeah, and what's the style? And most people now, they yeah, they refuse to learn to grow food. 
they refuse to store because they don't believe in that. Like, okay, I shop week to week. Then next time, I mean, who's to say that grocery store is going to be there? That's another thing that commercialism has created as well is the fact that you don't have to store all this. You don't have to store food. You can just have it instant gratification to keep you from actually, you know, storing things. And, you know, like when when, when things go on sale, not buying a ton of it um, because they want to get your dollar on a consistent basis. That's right. So now let's see. Does this go away from the budget minded? Let's say for those who have a decent job and can prepare and buy uh, sustainable foods, which would be, let's say, me, for instance, I would go get five gallon buckets from Walmart, which are like $2 or so, buy a lid for it as well. You can go back there and I guess the paint section, uh, most of those are food grade or whatever, and fill it with the large canister of oatmeal. All, like all your dry goods, grits, you know, rice, beans, all those things that you can kind of uh, dry or put in a Mylar bag and seal up the bag. And that will last you. I mean, put you some uh, with those silica packets in there and that stuff will last you. As long as you keep it dry out of the sun, you're looking at at least a good 10, 15 years or better. And why wouldn't you do that for your family? And most people just don't, they, they don't get it. Mm-hmm. Well, for the budget-minded, I think also the, there is the, the feeling that why, do I, why should I spend this money now? Um, would it be more economical to invest it in other ways to prepare as opposed to the very base-level investment in food? And I think maybe it's a mind shift because we always think how readily accessible food is to us, right? right? We can just go down the street to the grocery store or we can just go online and order up a bag of groceries delivered to our house or Uber Eats or food is so easy to get to that for, I'm thinking as myself, right? Mm -hmm. Thinking, oh my God, $20 a week. That's not a lot of money. You can invest $20 a week, but... If I put that $20 a week in the bank and I save, woo, that emergency may never come, but I have money. Well, guess what? If the system fail, what happens to your money? Well, you mean in the bank? <laughs> yeah. What happened to Greece? Yes. Because there's, I mean, yeah, what happened to Greece? Look at what happened to Venezuela. Right now, our economy is not that great. Look right now, we're markets. in a state of emergency. Exactly. So, with that being said, in a partial there's, all they have to basically do is say, oh, the state of declaring, declaring emergency. The banks are only going to give you, like they did Greece, they let them take out $60 per day. That's all you can take. Even if you had a million, you basically, your, your millionaire status is out the door basically in one day. Now, let's say even worse, FDIC, they, yeah, they say they'll cover you, but in a state of emergency, they don't have to cover anything. We go into a collapse. You're not getting that money. Okay. Say we get EMP. Everything is based on computers. Computers get white. And for those of you that don't know what an EMP is, electrical magnetic pulse, which is uh, basically a weapon that's used to be detonated, say, 500 uh, you know, miles 
in the atmosphere, mm-hmm. which wipes pretty much the computers, anything electronic, your cell phones, you name mm-hmm. it. Which so, is also something that happens naturally from the sun. There solar, are solar flares. flares right. And, and that could happen, but mm-hmm. that's far fetched. Far most, it has happened, but most people they're not going to consider that. So mm-hmm. let's say something more realistic. We go to war, we get hit with EMP, or the banking system just decide to say, okay, let's it collapses. They're not going to insure that money. You went from millionaire to zilch, and you're just like everybody else. So that goes on to another situation as far as, like, why not have your own bank in your house? Keep your own money in your house in a safe. And we're going to talk about that in another episode. But you're letting somebody else. towards prepping, right. too. Yeah. Okay, but let me, let me ask you this. You know J.P. Morgan? You hung not out with him? Not personally, no. So, <laughs> what's the difference between him holding your money? Why don't you let me hold your money for a little while? Well, you, you know, you know me. You know, <laughs> you know D. I you trust know, you guys, right? But you never met him, so would you let me hold your bank account? I do trust you, Donovan. Right, but would you let me hold your bank account? Well, I also know what else you have that would secure my money. Okay, so I would. <laughs> <laughs> so, but sure. my point is. Why would you let J.P. Morgan or Chase or whoever else, Wells Fargo, hold your money? You've never met them. True. Convenience. Mm-hmm. It can, and it's convenience. But to you, for you to see your money and be in control and full control, why not hold your own money? That way you got access. You put a safe in your house big enough, you can go walking forth and get your own cash out your pocket. I mean, out of your safe. But even worse, if that money goes to scrap and say our money is pretty much like Venezuela and it goes to nothing. Yes. And it takes a backpack full of money to go buy a hamburger or hamburger meat or some sugar. That's what they're going through right now. Inflation 500 you know, percent or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, that's ridiculous. So your money turns to nothing. But guess what? You got food. So if you start out prepping with the food, your next thing will be lights, water filtration, whatnot. You know, flashlights. I mean, we, we have power outages all the time. Yes. So why not protect that? And then the guns are a whole other subject. You have to be able to protect your bank, just like the bank protects those investments. Mm-hmm. So what happens? We go into a collapse or a Great Depression again, and food is what you got. Guess what? You're the richest person on your block. Huh. Everybody else is doing what? Trying to run to Walmart to find you know, whatever's left over. Mm-hmm. Some old nasty-ass Pop-Tarts that somebody might have opened up. That's whatever's left over. Whoever kid done sucked off the icing. <laughs> you just never know. So, with that being said, you will be the richest person on your block just by having food. And stores. it's a very basic necessity. You're the only person mm-hmm. on your block sitting. Still, you got your pot belly. You're kicking back. Why aren't they, you losing weight? Yeah, they, they want to know why notice. you're not losing weight. <laughs> No, no, you don't go outside of those cases. Yes. <laughs> and if they do find out, you can't, like, in a, say in a collapse of some sort, say we haven't had power in a month, and everybody's sitting up trying to figure out, man, well, what do we do next? Okay, your refrigeration's gone. So with your refrigeration gone, what do you do next? That's where your other foods come in. Now, your other foods being freeze-dried or whatever, dehydrated whether it's fruits or whatever it may be, you can purchase all those things now and that will be your insurance over the long term versus you just put that money in the bank, which is not really sustaining. It's $20. You're going to burn that anyway, either in gas, 
fast food, Starbucks, or whatever your fix may be. For those who out there may be tricking, you burn that off on a woman. Or women buying makeup, Mac, and whatever else you fetish you give. $1,000 heels. Think about it. All these pretty women that we just talked about on the current, uh, you know, previous episode that are in social media. Look at me. The only person they're going to be looking for is the man with the food. The baller. And that's when you truly <laughs> baller because why that model losing weight and shriveled up, she ain't as attractive no more. That's here for the big girl. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the only bargaining tool that you're going to basically have is your body. Right. Saying, you know how many women in these other countries trick off for a sandwich? That is pitiful. Well, I can say that food being the most basic of necessities that are that, that's needed. You mentioned something about purifying water. Mm-hmm. Can we touch on that, please? Because right. that is essential. You need that for Not hygiene. You right. need that <laughs> to hydrate yourself, Definitely. to keep yourself, your surroundings clean. And okay. So how do we begin that process? Okay, so on average, you need one gallon of water Drink- per person, drinkable water, especially if you have kids. Most of the time, they used to, you know, soda, tea, whatever it is they normally mm-hmm. give them. That's going to pretty much be out the window. So you need to look for, say, a gallon of water that you can put to the side right now. You can purchase it. Of course, when that's out the door, and here's what you got to think about, you know, like me, we buy what's called a Big Berkey. It's a water purification system, which looks like a tin can, but it has, you pour the water on top of it and it drips through the filters, carbon filters, and it also other filters that clear out any viruses and whatnot. That gives you a fresh gallon of water within maybe 30 minutes. Or so, then, you know, you got the spout, there go your fresh water. It don't need to be cold, but you can process your own water. And then think about it, something like that may run you $200 or so. But how much water have you bought within the last year? When you can process your own water, put it back in the refrigerator. Those people that have those uh, water systems, say like, for instance, on their refrigerator, that's not good enough. It, that filter is only going to do so much, and it may be just a carbon filter to clear out most of like the little particulates. Because that water's coming from where? The sewage plant up the street in your neighborhood. So, when you're purifying your own water, and if it pushes down to it, say you don't have a big Berkey or Alexa Pure or whatever, most people are boiling their water and then putting a couple of drops of bleach in. I think it's like. I'm not sure. I knew she was going to do that. <laughs> He said, I don't like Alexa. And Lexa Pure. That sucks. Anyway, that's a whole other story. <laughs> so, basically, you boil your water and you put about six to seven drops of bleach into each gallon. And that will purify your water. If you don't have bleach, you boil it and you pretty much can filter it, you know, through a t-shirt, a rag, sand. You know, it's a process. It's a layer. Yeah, it's a layer. layer. Uh, charcoals if you have it and that's another way to do so but definitely have to boil it to kill all the animals that's squiggling in your water mm-hmm. uh, now the, uh, I guess what will probably bring, bring another issue say for instance if there's no more water to be had and you go down to your local stream or whatever your bayou yeah that water can still be drinkable 
But you, of course, you're going to need to put that ball in process because you think about it. Animals are drinking out of it. Uh, people might be taking a dump in it, you know, which brings mm-hmm. all sorts of diseases and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So you definitely have to do a serious filtration process, but the boiling comes first. Okay. Mm-hmm. Appreciate that. So it definitely can, you can definitely create your own water, basically your own water filtration source. Um, so what is, <laughs> what as far as, as um, like food preparation, is there anything else that we've missed as far as what what needs to be done as far as how much and all of that stuff. Well, you said 750 pounds per a year. Person. I just wanted to just repeat. Yeah, per person. No, well, not necessarily per Would you year, recommend it be like a can good per person per day? Mm, or That's a, up to you how yeah. you want to ration your food. But you yeah. know how much you or your family members eat. My biggest thing is, say for instance, you if you're a nice person, then you prepare for those that refuse to prepare now. People that are stubborn, people that, oh, I don't want to hear about no bad news type people, you know, and like your family members that, of course, want to stay positive about situations. There's nothing negative about preparing for the future and something that you know is inevitable. No empire remains 100% on top forever. None of them. So with that being said, why not be smart? And especially for those that have the money now. They're going to feel real foolish when it comes down to the time to where you have nothing. You had money, your savings, your, your stocks, your bonds, that goes to zero if we get into a collapse. It's literally what happened in the Great Depression. Right. So now all of a sudden you had it, you was comfortable, now you're poor. Very poor. All your electronics, you ain't got nothing to pawn. They don't want that shit. So there, I mean, there won't be no more pawn shop. You have people trade, but you're trading electronics. Trade that's a, that's a wait. That's that's nothing. It's useless. Only thing that's gonna matter, like they say, bullets and beans. If you, now most people don't know this. You know, like say for instance, back in the past, the reason how the shot glass got its name. I believe I told you that story before. Shot glass got its name basically by cowboys used to go into a bar. And trade a bullet for a shot of whiskey. That was a currency at one point. So, you don't have no bullets. You ain't got no food. You have nothing to trade. And it's just that simple. Because in the bartering trade system, or then I guess if the economy gets reestablished, why do you think Russia, China, and all these other uh, countries are buying up all the gold right now? Because that's what people are going to reestablish trade. We were once backed by the gold standard. standard. We are no longer backed by the gold standard anymore. Not since Bretton Woods. Right. So they're buying up everything at this point. Guess what? Because your money is not going to be worth nothing. Use it while you got it. It's just a tool. It's not meant to be held on to for life or sitting there looking at those zeros in the bank. Because that's all your bank account is, is, you know, ones and zeros. And it's easily wiped. Virus, hackers, what's to stop it? You just gave all your life savings to a bank that really don't have no allegiance to you. They don't really owe you anything. You ever try to go to the bank and try and take out 20 grand? They ask questions. They ask so many questions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so nervous. They're going to give you third degree trying to get your money out. 
then it, then you may even become criminalized. Like it ain't your money, right? Mm-hmm. Like why? Right. Do you, why do you need twenty thousand dollars in cash? Yeah, like you have what the answer doing? to them. Well, so. I've never been so fortunate. <laughs> um, but I can mm-hmm. imagine because I am a banker okay. that uh, most folks would have a big problem with. I, I, I don't necessarily understand that in a collapse situation that we would probably be asking for regulatory questions like, can you prove to me who you are beyond the the regular standard identification mm-hmm. questions? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I can totally understand that when the need is there and the need arises and right. you want to take out your money. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's technically not your yeah. money. And that bank doesn't necessarily always have that amount of money currently on location. And that's something a lot of people don't understand. You want to take out $100,000, they have to call a truck over the, you know, oh, well, you sign this and you come back tomorrow and we'll have your money for you because it has to be shipped to the bank. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't realize that. But that's a whole other thing. If you're not in that financial bracket, most people probably wouldn't even know that anyway. Right. But my thing is keep the minimal amount in the bank, pay your bills with it, Keep the rest in your house or a safe place or wherever you may see fit. But I think more people need to invest in safes. So, a little bit when of When we invest in safes, we also need to invest in guns. Yeah, this is another thing we need to do in order to prepare. Mm-hmm. So, let's get on that topic. Well, shall you definitely we? Have we need to, to be able to protect the things yeah, that we are saving. Definitely. Does everybody feel comfortable with that? Preparing um, with guns yeah. and yes. weaponry? Do you feel. Pre- Comfortable being murdered for a camera. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just say you have to have with that food. Let's say with the food situation being taken care of after that food or in the process of stockpiling that food, you have to have a way to protect it. Mm-hmm. There's sure. nothing to stop people from running up in your house, taking whatever they want. So I do believe in home protection for sure and being proficient with that weapon. Yes, that's huge. Being proficient is is probably the key word yeah because i mean you can have a weapon i i know many people who have um purchased weapons and they just they just have them they haven't really used it they haven't practiced with it so in time of emergency how are they going to react i mean already we don't know how we're going to react because we're already scared and there's a level of um just yeah angst exactly but then again, if you've actually went through the motions and prepared and trained, Practice, then reload, yeah, you know, then then you stress. then you have some muscle memory behind it. You'll be able to respond properly, and right. I think that is huge. I mean, it's just very important. Yeah, it definitely makes a difference. And and my biggest thing, you know, a lot of people that I know that are not really gun people. You have to have more than one box of bullets. Mm, thank you. Jesus. You know, most people buy a gun, they buy one box of bullets and they're they, ready. Yeah. I mean, that's just <laughs> like, you know, if things go bad, guess what's going to happen? Everybody goes and buys bullets. I mean, and I can honestly say this as most of the, you know, preparedness community or ex military, they already know. Stock up on your bullets. At least have, honestly, a thousand rounds of each caliber, whatever you may have in your house. Well, if you got an AK, you need to have at least a thousand rounds of, you know, 308 or whichever it may be. You got a AR, you need to have two, two, three, five, five, six. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's just you got nine millimeter. Stock up. It, it it may take a while. Yes, it gets expensive, 
But once ago, once again, going back to the same thing I said earlier, that's twenty dollars a week, ten dollars a week. You spend more than that going out, buying drinks, going to clubs, fast food, whatever it may be. If you stop and say, okay, I need to prepare, and it's more important to you than just going out there and blowing your money, which most people do, and you go, you'll be glad when you get to so that that's point. That's a box of rounds, right? Let's say nine millimeter. You could buy a box of Blazer for about ten dollars at Academy mm-hmm. or Walmart. Walmart has ammo sitting up on the shelves. On sale. And if you're on a budget, start out with a twenty-two rifle. Twenty-two rifle, something semi-automatic, like a twenty-two take takedown Ruger brand. Uh, it breaks apart. That's why they call it takedown. You can stick it in a backpack. You know, you got the bug out bag, which is a whole other story, and you can catch out with that. 22 rounds, you can basically get, uh, I want to say about a box of 500 may run you about $25. Okay. Or a box of 1,000 may run you 30 That's okay. a lot of rounds. Right. But that secures for that weapon. Then move on to the next. If you got a 9mm, go buy, you You know, you got $10, then buy $10 a week. What is it hurting? Right. And buy yourself more than one magazine. Because say, for instance, you get into a gunfight, you drop the mag, you drop that one. You know, that's one less mag. If you had two, I think most guns come with two. Mm-hmm. Now you just have one mag. Right. For that one, and, and, and let's say within a shit hit the fan situation, there's no more going to buy another mag. Right. So what I would do, just go buy six mags or ten mags of that particular gun. Right. And that about sums it up. I mean, that's my take on it. Now, I remember we had a conversation about it before, and you were saying storage. Now, when you're storing these, it's similar to, like, the cold, the, like, the in the container, mm-hmm. sealed. Silica. Ammo it's, box. Right. Uh, basically, with the ammo box, I mean, basically, you just take the little silica packets, like I said, which takes the moisture out of the air. You get them in your tennis shoe boxes. You get them in all type of toys or whatever. Save them. Take them, put them in a Ziploc, and, you know, just, just save them. That way, when you have your, your food storage or your ammunition, drop one inside of your bag, I mean, inside your ammo box. And it sucks up all the moisture, and it keeps those rounds fresh so the gunpowder doesn't absorb any moisture within your house or wherever. Mm-hmm. Got you. This is, we're talking about the ultimate insurance policies, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Just as with any other type of insurance, the adage goes it's better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it exactly so with that being said hey we're gonna wrap this one up this is the first episode of the prep series it's donovan signing out anything to say just d see y'all later chill get prepared jay don't want to be without it don't want to be without it so you guys got any questions uh, you know, leave us a comment. Uh, be sure to subscribe, share it with a family member, and uh, catch y'all on the next one.